You're listening to How I Sell, a podcast built for early career sales professionals. You'll hear stories, best practices, and guidance from top sales leaders on what it takes to become a sales superstar. Today's episode is made possible by Ramped Careers. Ramped is on a mission to build the next generation of workforce-ready talent. Hi, everyone. Joining us today is Steve Potts, VP of Sales at Jones Software. Uh, Steve has had a illustrious sales career um, holding senior sales leadership roles at companies such as Hightower, BTS, Honest Buildings. Uh, Steve, such a pleasure to have you today. Oh, thank you, Manoj. I'm uh, happy to be here. Steve, for those that don't know who you are, uh, who was is, who is Steve Botts? I think there's a lot of them out there. Uh, as Manoj said, my name is Steve. I'm currently VP of Sales for Jones. I've spent the my entire career in sales, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of I maybe fell into it uh, early on, like a lot of people do, um, and found sort of found a way in this profession um, and have definitely made a career out of it. And um, I guess about me a little bit more, you know, personally, like I have just in my career gravitated to now being in early stage technology companies. Um, that's sort of a place that I found where it, it, it hits on a lot of the things that are core to kind of who I am as a person and what motivates me personally, um, as well as professionally and, and sort of gets me excited about, uh, you know, going up and coming to work every single day. And, and that's definitely not for, for everyone, but, um, I think it's something that I'm I'm fortunate that I figured out because it's definitely uh, been a key to you know helping you know me when I'm when I'm making my own decisions about uh, you know where to where to take my career or what to try to solve for with a company and all those all those types of things. Um, so so that's definitely something that's you know become really core to to my professional career. That's that's amazing. And and you mentioned, Steve, that you, you fell into sales and we've done about, you know, 20, 24 of these uh, discussions with, you know, lots of sales leaders uh, similar to you. And there seems to be like, you know, that seems to be the, the common theme. There's very few people that have wanted to be in sales. Most of them kind of stumbled into it, but everyone's journey there has been different. Uh, so you graduated in 2008, similar to me probably one of the worst times to graduate, quite honestly. Uh, there were very few jobs. I was super depressed and I'm like, what am I doing? Am I and I went to a small state school, right? I went to a small no-name state school in, in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I'm like, what am I gonna do? Do I, is, 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 being, a, uh, is being a wait staff uh, my professional calling? Because I was, I was rolling sandwiches at Subway uh, when I was in school and I was terrified. Thankfully, I ended up getting a job. Um, but how did it work out for you? Like, how did you land the first job? And that was in sales as well. Yeah. Well, I think probably similar to, to other people, I didn't really have like a strong sense of what I you know, wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, you know, we all go to school, we take, you know, our all primary education is like general education, right? And then I, you know, I got to college and people were applying to, you know, um, be in accounting or finance or, you know, um, some, you know, pre-med or whatever it might be. There's, there's people who felt like a very strong pull towards like a directional occupation. That was never for me. I just kind of was always more of a go with the flow. And I think that happens to a lot of people, I'm, you know, generally pretty outgoing, uh, like, you know, very sociable. And I think a lot of people get told, oh, you know, you'd be great in sales, right. Or this or that. My father, um, was more or less in sales. He'd 
started his own business and uh, always was in sales around sales. So like it was something I had, you know, I could see, uh, yeah, that could work out. But then the actual job itself, you know, I came home from, from, from break, you know, my, my senior year winter and uh, my parents were like, you know, have you interviewed for any jobs or you get a job? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting around to it. And they uh, made me go to a big East career fair um and there was like hundreds of companies i'm going around and wasn't super interested in anything i stumbled across this company that was doing energy efficiency retrofit projects and uh you know i was talking to the person there it seemed super interesting and i was like okay great and you know i, I brought resumes so i gave one in and then got a call back and i'm going through a bunch of interviews um you know i was going to move to texas i was going to go through this training program it seemed pretty interesting it was involved in like all this you know um energy auditing and retrofitting and stuff it just seemed kind of interesting and exciting um and so i ended up getting an offer and i took the job uh, and luckily as you pointed out you know this was this was may of uh 20 2008 mm -hmm. right so i i luckily had gotten the job right before i graduated and pretty much had like a month off of school and moved down to Dallas, Texas to, to start a training program there. And then, yeah, halfway through, um, you know, the, the, the world got turned on its head and, you know, I was in a training program of 20 people and, and, you know, one day we woke up and half of them were gone. Uh, and, and as well as, you know, this was a fortune what? Schneider, it was a Schneider electric, you know, they were like a fortune 200 company. Um, you know, they had 200,000 employees and I think there was like a 40% or, or some significant reduction in staff. So, you know, going through that in your first you know, three months of your career, um, was a little obviously jarring because you're, you know, the idea that you're part of this, like your life up until that point, you know, it's kind of like you have these, you go to school, you're in the school, you're like, you're not going to get, you know, unless you do something terrible, you're going to get kicked out of the school or whatever, whatever. All of a sudden this, this notion that, you know, uh, you just keep your head down and do your thing and everything will be okay. It kind of like from a very early standpoint, maybe people like us got the opportunity, you know, in a, you know, maybe in a fortunate way to at least have an appreciation for like, okay, you know, um, this is something that could happen uh, with, you know, through no fault of my own. That's, that's wild. So these are folks that started with you and your training program that, and oh, half yeah. of that class was, was gone. Yeah. That's nuts, man. And I say this to folks, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think, you know, in some ways that was a terrible time to graduate, but in other ways it ripped any sense of entitlement that I had in me, like completely ripped it out of me. Um, I never, after that, take anything for granted. There's no job that I think is inferior or superior to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very matter of fact about it. I think I've gotten so much more pragmatic because of, because of that. But to your point, so you, you walk into this, this job fair, you, submit your resume i'm assuming you had it printed out yeah but even going in like it wasn't it wasn't a i'm an aspiring sales none of that but i'm assuming it was a general resume or, or did you yeah no 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 it was just i mean you know i had had a couple jobs a couple internships uh you know um it you know like worked in a bar you know was a caterer right like nothing nothing that would prepare me for i was a communications undergraduate with uh with a minor in economics so like i had i had um uh you know i had a pretty general background right um mm -hmm. and i think in those conversations was where i had had some other interviews and it was my first time really interviewing in that 
um, you know, standpoint, but I think, you know, that more than anything was what, and for any, you know, person who's aspiring to get in sales, right? Like, obviously it's great if you can demonstrate that you have some experience and that will go some way, but you know, you get, you're coming out of college, right? Or, you know, you're more than likely applying to a job where the requirement is very little to no experience. So a lot of it is going to be based on you present yourself in an interview and how you answer questions and those situational types of questions and things like that. And, you know, um, so, so yeah, there's not a lot of, and even having hired people out of college, there's not, there's, there's only so much you can do to, yeah. uh, you know, glean what you can about somebody before they actually come and, and do the work, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think there's, there's, there's definitely something to it. Um, you know, the other thing that you mentioned is after spending a bit of time selling in various different contexts, rising up the ranks, you've today come to the realization that, all right, a better home for me would be an early stage company. These are the types of tasks that I like doing. This is the type of work environment that I do. And I bet that you didn't have that level of clarity when you graduated, right, in the beginning. Uh, but do you think there's a way... Do you think there's a way of getting somewhat better at it? Because I'm, I'm, I didn't either. And I don't know if there is something that I could have done 10 years ago before I went and interviewed someplace or during the interviews for me to at least have a baseline understanding of, all right, I think I can do well with this type of a company or this type of a person. Is there anything you can do or do you just have to pay your dues and work for a little bit? Uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, like if I'm, if I'm being honest, I probably wasn't the most you know, self-aware person when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, you know, sound like an old man, but like whatever you graduate, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't think I had a very strong, I, I just didn't really have strong convictions about like what, what I wanted to do or what the company was, you know, I had these preconceived notions and what I was hearing, you know, I went and joined this fortune, you know, 500 company with benefits mm -hmm. and all these and people like 401k. I was like, okay, great. You know, and <laughs> at the time I didn't really care, but I was, it seemed like it was the right thing. And it's funny. I remember when I was interviewing, I interviewed with the CEO of the division. Mm -hmm. um, very small side note, the company I got hired by between the time I got hired and when I started, got acquired by a fortune 500 company. So, it, it, you know, when I actually interviewed there, it was a smaller company. Um, but you know, it was it was a it was not by no means a startup. Mm -hmm. um, they had you know great benefits and all that. But when I was interviewing him, he was like, you know, you should be asking about training. You know, what is somebody willing to train in you? How much are they willing to invest in you? You know, we're going to invest. You know, they were like, we're going to invest forty five thousand dollars in your training before you even start selling. And I'm thinking this as like, wow, you know, this is great. They're really providing me with the tools that I need to be successful. Um, and what I learned was like the training is valuable, but the reality is that experience. Trumps that, especially in sales, because, you know, sales, and I'm sure we can get into this, but like a lot of sales is discipline. It's there's, you can go look at every, you know, look at five or 50 different software sales companies or sales companies, look at their sales pipeline and how they instrument their sales process. Mm -hmm. It's very, very similar, right? They're all reading the same books where like, oh, there's, there's, you know, lead generation, there's discovery, there's demonstrations, there's, you know, qualifying the buyer and all these different, there's a lot of disciplines that are core to sales, the experience and just the practice of honing your skills and, and being, being more disciplined is, is what ultimately like for me made me a better salesperson. So anyway, having said that, you know, I did all this training and stuff. And then when I realized was for me, that didn't translate to like classroom sort of selling and, and some, some, you know, cold calling and stuff, but it didn't really translate to me being better at the craft. And it took it honestly took a lot more longer. Um, 
I think to, to start to like get the reps I needed to actually figure out like what I was doing wrong and, and where I wasn't succeeding. And, um, and so that, you know, going back to like, what are you looking for? You know, I, I think as a person who's just getting out of school, the, f- the, the more you can, you know, most people, especially if you've gone through the U S uh, education system, you know, you probably have had part-time jobs or jobs, you know, but, but like to go from that to a career is a huge change in the type of experience and just the, 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 the types of situations you're going to get yourself into. It's like, it's by and large, it's pretty dramatic, right? So the faster you can sort of acclimate yourself to that, I think is better. And, and what I found is that at a, you know, so I would, I would suggest two things specifically for sales. I would look at companies that like, what are they doing? What are they selling? And sort of like, for instance, when I was doing that job, the sales cycle was two years. Like it was a long sales cycle. Yeah. To close yeah. a deal. Yeah. Oh, it was That's a big the average energy. tenure of a SDR is two years. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, so, you know, it took me like in the course of four years, it took me a long time to lose deals, to win deals. And uh, you know, early on, you don't, always get the sense of like, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? So I think if I had done something that was a little bit more fast paced, not necessarily transactional sales, but like an average sales cycle where you know, less than six months, right? You're just going to naturally give yourself the ability to like experience things quicker and figure things out more, right? Mm -hmm. I think separate to that, what's the environment that you are best in, right? Some people like the idea of I can go work for a company that's big, you know, like a series B, series C, series D company, or, you know, if you're talking tech or, or other, you know, where you're going to join a class like I did of 25 people and you're going to go through training and you're going to be able to see, you know, feed off each other. And that's great. That's super exciting. The trade-off there is that typically you're going to be, you know, it's going to be a little bit more one dimensional, right? There's going to be a group of people. You're going to have benchmarks against them. You're going to be able to see how you compare it. And then there's going to be more of like a prescriptive, how you go from there, right? I, I personally found that a smaller setting where I got exposed to different uh, things within the company, different aspects of the sales process, account management, integration, support, all these different things. Like it, it naturally fed my curiosity. It also gave me a little bit more ownership over the the product and the ultimately, I think, helped me like tell better stories in the in the sales process. Mm-hmm. So, so I found that in that environment, you know, another big thing is like, you know, when I was at that company, you know, I had a manager who had a manager, who had a manager, who had a manager, 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 you know, always all the way up. And the only time I ever saw my CEO was on a teleconference. I went from there to a 20 person startup where I was reporting, you know, I had a meeting with the CEO every week, right? Like it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I mean, obviously he was a CEO of a 25 person company, but he was still a very successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He had already sold the business. Like he was extremely intelligent, you know, really sharp. And uh, I was just kind of like the, the contrast was so stark. And for me, I, I, I was like, this is incredible. Like I am in the meeting where the CEO is like, I remember one of my first meetings, he was like, at, we were talking about something and he's going around the table and then he was like, Steve, what do you think? And I was like, I've been here, I've been here for a week. I don't even know what I'm doing. The CEO is asking me to weigh in on the decision. And I like, at that point I was kind of hooked, you know, I was, this is, this is the exact kind of environment that I you know wanted to be in. It took me four years to figure that out. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe, you know, acknowledge as a, person just getting out of your career, then unless you have very strong convictions about what you want to do, that you might not know, you know, what you don't know. And, and it might take some, some experiences, positive and, and often negative ones mm-hmm. to help figure that out. I think that's, uh, that's, 
probably the, the the best way to think about it because you you really don't know what you don't know and oftentimes the only way you will know or get to know things is with the passage of time and unfortunately there's no shortcut to the passage of time beyond just living through experiences and hopefully you'll have more good experiences than bad and to your point right let doing your first uh, first two jobs and, and I know that you made the transition from you know a, a large company to uh, an upstart, you know, wh what are some memorable experiences that you've had selling and what made them memorable? It's a two-part question. And part two is, you know, what were some not so great experiences you had and why do you think you had them? So I think that it's a good question. I mean, early on in your career, you, you the way you measure wins, or at least the things I remember getting really excited about were the things later on in my career, I really know not to get excited about, right? Like a great cold call, you know, setting a meeting up, right? Or, or booking a meeting or scheduling um, a, uh, you know, or, or like doing a pitch, right? Or doing a demo and, and you know, hearing the people respond to it on the other side, right? I can remember distinctly like getting off a demo in my first tech company and being like, I'm going to close this deal and never heard from those people again. Right. And I said in front of my, you know, my VP of sales at the time. Right. So um, it's important to be motivated by those things. But I think the, the going back to like the discipline things, like what I remember most or what I, what the, the, when I think about the wins that were the most exciting, it were, it were that they were the times in which, you know, I, I rather than sort of get excited about something or focus on the wrong things, I was, I stayed disciplined about the, 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 the things that you need in order to actually get a deal done, right? Like, is the person I'm talking to the person who is a, a champion, right? Can they impact the decision or do they have the ability to make the decision, right? Am I, am I only talking to one person or am I talking to multiple people? You know, am I accurately able to predict when certain events are, are going to happen and am I getting feedback from my from the prospect that they're engaged in the in the process right like those those are the things that you learn to kind of like you know quietly celebrate in sales and then you really get to celebrate those times when you you know you do all the things right and you close a deal and it might not even be the deal itself it's just hey you close the deal it was the you know I remember um, specifically when I was working at high tower was a, a leasing and asset management startup and I was negotiating a contract with a with a really large um, real estate investment trust, and uh, we they had two different types of assets in their portfolio, and we were pricing them differently, and we had agreed on one and not on the other, and it was like it was December twenty seventh, and the deal was not going to get done, and I was like, well, can we can we push off the second one till the end till the beginning of next year and just get the deal done for for this one portfolio to agree on, and they went for it, and we got it done like on Christmas and like New Year's Eve and. I hit my quota and it just, it was just like, it was one of those things where had that deal slipped into the next quarter, it would have, it would have just been a completely different experience, but the timing of it all coming together and everything was just absolutely perfect. And, and like, those are the things that you, I don't think ever forget um, as a salesperson. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And again, a lot of this will only come through experiences, right? I mean, you're able to speak about this so succinctly because you've lived through it. Um, but do you think, again, going back to the question, some of these like tactical things about sales, should that be part of teaching at the college level? I mean, I wrestle with it back and forth because it's, it's too niche, uh, it gets too functional. Maybe college isn't the place for it, but then you have time when you're in school, right? That's the one thing that you have in abundance is a lot of damn time. And 
I wonder whether, well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it is, should there be more internship programs? Should companies subsidize some of that training that they have to do anyways after they hire somebody? Do you think this could be a part of curriculum or do you think there's some classes uh, that may not be sales related might be helpful for students that are looking for a career in sales or BD that they should take or majors, right? Do you have any ideas yeah, on that? Yeah, this could do a whole conversation on. I mean, I, I think of sales as, as almost like a trade, right? Like you don't go and learn how to be a mechanic or build a house in school, but you can go learn how to do that as a trade. You know, sales is a white, maybe like a white collar profession. So you don't think of it as a trade, but it, you know, it, it really is, right? And um, yeah, absolutely. Why couldn't you teach a curriculum? There's clearly science around selling. There's, as we talked about already, there's already like a, a common theme in how a lot of companies structure their go-to-markets. A lot of them are using the same softwares, you know, that are all built on similar structures, right? Like certainly, you know, you could educate kids, you know, kids, students on what are, you know, what are the different ways in which, you know, companies measure, what are they, you know, what is ARR, what is MRR? I mean, you could have, you could have courses built around these principles that would educate people on what they're getting into. And, you know, even, even, you know, simple stuff like sales, you know, one, one thing that, uh, you know, when you're early on in your career, right, you, you get a job and you get a quota and you have a number you got to hit. And that's like a very dramatic change. You know, before, again, you, know, you were trying to get an A or a B and proceed in class. Like, it's a lot different than like, okay, you got to book this many meetings a month, right? Or you're not going to get, you know, your, your full commission, um, you know, or you got to do this much quota. And that's like a very, very challenging environment to get thrown into. Um, so, you know, having a little bit more ownership or, or agency or, or education around the the things that will enable you to be successful I, absolutely i don't think you're going to see universities adopt <laughs> that but i think you're probably seeing it now in like private classes and stuff and um you know i think absolutely like we're, what we're seeing what, what we're seeing big picture around you know the the traditional four-year university education system is certainly you know, it's certainly going to like ask these questions of like, hey, if you're planning to go in sales, like, you know, what what is actually the best way for you to invest in your education in order to to get into that, right? Or do you risk the chance that you'll want to pursue that that career? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I definitely think there should be more, and I think you know, right now there probably is a lot available, but it's you know, as a as a person who is um you know in, in their career who, who's in who's you know trying to graduate and stuff it might be difficult for them to know like where do i go or what resource do i trust you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. along those same lines and thinking about it professionally right let's say that you um were in construction uh you know how you can build a, a career in construction you might be doing hands-on construction work and if you like that path you can choose to do that full-time if you feel like, oh, I have a sales angle to it, then you can run your own company and you can hire others and, and build an empire out of it. I think it's a little bit unclear in sales, or maybe it is clear and, and, and perhaps you know, there's a way of framing it. What do you think are the career paths for someone that starts in sales? Because people don't quite know this. Are you Is the only trajectory doing more sales for the rest of your life? Or do you think that that could be a good platform for other roles? Uh, should you feel a little bit adventurous and should you want to do something else? Like, well, what do you think sales will set you up for? That's a great question. Um, I think, I think part of that does, does revolve around like the company you're at, right? Like, you know, if you're in a, 
if you're in a big company with a lot of structure and, you know, divisions and people and you're in sales, you know, like there's going to be a natural gravitation towards continuing on in that career, whether it's, you know, you're selling more, you're getting bigger accounts, you're getting more responsibility, or you're going down like a management or a training track, right? And those are probably the most traditional things. You know, one of the other things that I like about a smaller company or, or, you know, like we could say startup to classify like early stage companies is that, you know, there's a lot more opportunity, at least in my experience to like, if, you know, there's, there's just opportunities where if you raise your hand or, or not even raise your hand, you kind of ask for, ask for forgiveness rather than permission of, oh, I built out this training, you know, for all the salespeople, because I was running into these things, or I saw this problem around how we're, how we're implementing customers. And I started like working on that. And I've seen people you know, all of a sudden find something that they really, really love. It might be more operational than sales or it might be customer oriented or, you know, uh, and, and I've seen them move into different parts of their career. So I, I, so I definitely think there's opportunities to do it. I do think part of it is a reflection of where, where you are. I think the other part of your question is um, like, what can you do? And I, I'm in this this profession, I've been doing it for a long time and every profession has its challenges. A lot of times, like a good example is there's a lot of people will be in a, like an adjacent career to sales. Like, uh, you know, they're in real estate or they're in brokerage or finance and they are like, oh, I want to get into sales. And I've seen a lot of people come into sales and not be successful because, you know, it's very, very, very difficult to get somebody to give you a dollar. Like mm -hmm. go try to sell somebody something, right? Go try. You know, it is not easy to do and to do it. You know, there's a lot of um, you, you know, the, the very basic idea is to get somebody to buy into a belief that not only what you sell is what they need, but that your company, you and everything are the person that they should invest changing their business or their processes in order to improve the goal. Like that's, that is a lot, you know, um, you know, for me to go to my boss and ask him to give me budget to buy something, like I have to have a ton of conviction that that is going to be successful. And, and the salesperson is the person who, if they do their job, you know, well, will make it feel effortless or will make me feel all confident and never feel like I'm being pressured into making a decision. And so, you know, if you're able to, you know, we're not really talking a lot about like the how-to of sales in, in this conversation, but, you know, if you're able to become a very disciplined salesperson, it will in, in, it will definitely help you build skills that will be very transferable to other aspects of your life, you know, making compromises in your personal life, you know, or, or in your professional life or helping you kind of figure out like, okay, how do I get, how do I get what I want, understanding the circumstances involved in the decision. So, you know, absolutely, I think, you know, there, there are sales skills that translate to many, many other aspects of, of life or, 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 or careers, you know, within the company you're at or other companies. Let me, let me ask you one tactical, you know, how, how to in sales question. Uh, and it's less about selling a product or service and more about, you know, selling yourself. If I were a, a recent graduate or I might have had a year's worth of experience and I see that, you know, you're posting, um, you, you have an opening, I can call it an SDR, BDR, XDR, whatever it is, like your first sales job. What are some things that I can do to come in and like blow your mind as a candidate? So um, recently I had somebody send me a LinkedIn message and uh, it was it was a reference to like Villanova basketball and like a, a recruit that we had just uh, like signed or had committed. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I get a lot of emails and I work, you know, right now I'm at a 
pretty small company, right? Like a, a VP of sales at a big, big company is getting a lot of prospecting emails and stuff that doesn't cut through the ether. And, you know, something like that, um, you know, cut through to me personally, right? Um, and and then in the email, it expressed like a very, you know, genuine uh, desire just to want to, you know, have a conversation and really ask for advice, not ask for a job. And I definitely think that that's a great way to approach a situation, you know, even if you have a certain intent, you know, it's a lot like asking somebody for their time is, is a big you know, commitment, but if you can do it in a way that you've demonstrated that, you know, you've put a level of effort into it and um, you, you have a level of interest and you have a level of empathy for who the person is and what they're trying to do. Um, and you appeal to the, the sense of like, hey, you know, I see that you have, you know, you're, you're in a position where I kind of like maybe want to be or, or you're, you know, you're in tech or you're in this, like draw some parallel, um, then, you know, great. Like, that definitely appealed to me. And I ended up having a nice conversation with that person and it wasn't like we hired him or anything, but I introduced him to a few for, uh, people that I knew um, and uh, gotten, he, I know he had a few interviews and, and things like that. So um, it's, it's, I know that that's in a world where you, there's so much out there, it's hard, but I think that if I, if I were, if I were, um, you know, somebody who's kind of graduating and looking to, looking to get into a job, the first thing I'd probably do is like, what are the, what are the things that I think I want in a job? Do I want a big company? Do I want a small company? Do I want to be in tech? Do I not, you know, um, start, start making a list of the things that you want. Maybe it's not a big list at first, maybe it's a few things, but use that to then narrow the field, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? You know, I want to work at a company with less than a hundred people. You know, I want to work at a company that has not raised this, has raised the series a, so they've, they have capital, but maybe they don't have, you know, they, there's still a lot of growth potential. There's a, there's a lot of like very binary things you could probably. And then I would say, once you've narrowed that down, then maybe identify like, you know, a couple, you can use LinkedIn. It's a great resource to be able to find people and try to reach out to them. Um, you know, and I think the last thing is like, never, never underestimate like your, your network, right. Or, you know, um, obviously if you can get a warm introduction to somebody and again, with an, with an ask that's reasonable, right. Not like, Hey, I want to, can you get this person <laughs> to get me an interview? <laughs> right. But maybe could you get this person to, you know, do a zoom coffee with me and just, you know, give, I'd love to ask them their thoughts on, you know, um, how I'm breaking, I'm trying to break into this market. Right. I, I would say, you know, you can then afford to be a little bit more targeted. You can afford to be a little bit more personable in your approach. And it also, it's the beginning of an exercise that, that is leading towards you being a little bit more thoughtful about what exactly you're trying to ask. If you're just trying to get a job and you're trying to spray and pray, like, you know, that, that is symptomatic of a lot of issues that you're going to face, you know, regardless, right. You've got to put a little yeah. bit of thought in, in care and intent intention and in what, in what you're doing in order to see the results that you want. Yeah, I, absolutely. What's great about that, that, that answer or that, you know, mindset is I think you can take that and extend it to, the prospecting process, I think asking for someone's time in a sales setting is quite honestly not that different from what you just laid out. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot of lots of parallels there. Don't spray and pray. Don't go in with, you know, some kind of an expectation uh, or wanting an outcome and being overly explicit about it because you're still in the exploratory phases. You're asking someone that doesn't owe you shit. Uh, to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I see a lot coming. I see a lot of emails. Um, one of the things that we train our own fellows on is just, you know, if you're putting the effort of 
opening your computer, typing an email, whether it's automated, personalized, manual, might as well do it the right way. I see a lot of people put in inordinate amounts of efforts to send a massive automated sequence that just ends up in someone's junk folder or maybe, maybe they don't even respond. My thinking is just don't even do it. Go play video games or go do something else that might give you some kind of joy because there's no point in it. So I think there's, some, there's something definitely there that's actually a great piece of advice for anyone that's listening to it. There's no um, alternative to, to putting a bit of hard work and, 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 and differentiating yourself in a world where there's just too much noise. So thank you very much for that. I'll ask you one last yeah. question. Um, and, and, uh, and you've been very generous with your time. So what, one question is, with everything that you've learned, if you could go back in time and meet a version of yourself that's wandering around some career fair with a resume in your hand, and you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Number one thing I would say is just, you know, be patient, right? I think we all, you know, we get out of, you know, we're in our early 20s and we, you know, we see what everyone else is doing, especially in, you know, I'm old, there's no Instagram, there was no nothing like that when I got out of school. But I know like in this world where it's like 24 seven content, who's doing the most amazing thing, you know, faking it till they make it like, there's just this and I moved to New York after school, like it was like a very much like, you know, everyone was excited the world, you know, we were going to take over the world, whatever. Um, those those five years, especially out of college, right? Like, you're not, you know, it, it, if you, if you fall into the right role and you, you know, you're the top salesperson and you're killing it, you know, that's amazing. But certainly like, don't orient yourself around that or, or have this expectation that like you're going into sales and therefore like you're going to crush your quota and you're just going to be making a ton of commission and all that really take the time to, to be thoughtful about learning and growing and try to be, you know, like what I would tell myself is, and I mentioned this earlier, is that I don't really think that I was very self-aware of what my strength, what my true strengths were and, and what, what was an environment that would help me be most successful. I think I tried to like fit round pegs into square holes. Um, so I would have just done that. And I think what it would have allowed me to do is like, you know, I went to this, this company and I felt a sense of loyalty. Like this is the company that hired me. I'm going to be here for my whole life. And, you know, even if it's not great or whatever, I didn't challenge, I don't think I challenged myself enough to, to know like, well, what, what's going wrong? Like, well, how can I be better? How can I, and I think that I would have accelerated my career faster had I, had I, you know, just been of the mindset that like, I don't know what I don't know. And it's going to take me some time to figure it out. And, you know, solving for, you know, you might not, it's, you might not get the right like company or all these things, but what are the things that are important to you is having like somebody in a company that you can do as a mentor really important. Are you getting that? You know, do you feel like you're get your, you're getting the like nurturing and development that you need? Do you feel like you're, you know, getting the level of engagement every day, or do you feel like you're just kind of going through the motions until you burn out? Like, those are the things that I would, um, you know, caution myself to do. And just, just, you know, if you're not, if you're not feeling those things, like it's okay to, to do something right. Or, and it's, and it's okay to fail, right. Most people, especially in sales are going to fail when they come out. I mean, sales is like, it's like batting, you know, you're, you're a great batting average would be a 300, right. Or you're, you're not going to win them all. You have, you're going to lose more than you're going to win. And you need to understand that going into it. And it's going to take, there's going to be a learning curve. So you just got to be patient. You got to be kind of willing to, to, to go through the ebbs and flows and, you know, try to, try to 
you know, be honest with yourself about the things that are really important to you um, and acknowledge when, when those are not being solved or, or uh, you know, when they are and, and you know, either, either kind of move away from them or, or double down on them. This, is, this has been phenomenal. Such, uh, such thoughtful advice. I'm sure everyone that uh, will listen to this podcast will get a lot of value from um, all of your feedback, guidance. Uh, thank you again, uh, Steve, for being so, so generous with your time. No, absolutely. Um, no, it was a pleasure. Hopefully uh, people can take a little bit of uh, wisdom from this if they can learn from our mistakes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Again, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. All right. Take care.